Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we speak with extraordinary mavens and experts who light up our world. Today, I am in New York City, thrilled to be sitting in the East Village. That's right. Because I needed to um, get that right. (laughs) And I'm sitting here uh, with members of the Odyssey. Um, DJ Johnny Juice has been on the show before, and we're here with KJ as well. The other part of the band, the Odyssey, fellas. You want to say hi to everybody? Hello to everybody. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy. So, yeah. So I got to see the fellas play live uh, this last weekend at the El Cortez in Bushwick, and it was awesome. We were glad to have you out there. Yes, thank you for coming. Yeah, absolutely. It was terrific. So um, I missed I missed y'all when you were uh, out on the West Coast for Nam. I know. How ironic is that? <laughs> No, we were ships that pass in the night. So, um, so yeah, so I wanted to have these guys on because they're amazing and it's wonderful to see uh, two folks come together uh, with musical backgrounds that are a little bit, I guess, maybe different. Disparate. Disparate. Yes. Different. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. that. And uh, wanted to um, just tell everybody about who you are, what you're doing, what you're working on, and um, how it's been, you know, blending kind of two worlds of music. So, yeah. KJ, do you want to... Well, that's yeah. that's the most exciting part for me is uh, um, the, the the idea that uh, the two, two such different musical voices came together. It's my favorite part about this project. It's... Uh, it's been inspiring. Um, we wrote the uh, we wrote this upcoming record over the course of I don't know the better part of a year I guess uh, together sending files back and forth very very modern totally digital and um, and it was just uh, it was a writing experience like I've never had before and and I really it's uh, it, it's um, it's the way that I think I would like to do it going forward now forever i mean it's it's very incredibly creative it was uh you know being able to to trust um the 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 other person creatively and know that the the stuff coming over is um is going to be of a of a a certain level which is a, a very high level and to be able to freely write to it and send it back and have a creative exchange of ideas it's been a wonderful process and so and you are the lead vocalist that's right and you play the bass that's right yeah, um, you know, in terms of the, um, writing the record, we you know we share a lot yeah. of duties. Um, you know, mostly we have our we have things that we do. Uh, most of the time, Juice you know Juice sends over tracks, beats, and and uh, arrangements and orchestrations. But um, but uh, a couple of the the tracks on there have uh, you know have, have you know elements of beats um, that I put together, pieces of lyrics that uh, that Juice wrote. Um, Juice played bass on oh, okay. on a, uh, one or at least one song, um, which is you know ironic. You know that I don't, <laughs> I'm a bass player and I didn't write on the whole thing. Right. Um, so you know, live we we definitely have our separate domains, but with the record, it was it was very collaborative. Whoever was closest to the instrument um, that needed to go down and had a vision, that's who did it. And I love I love that there are no sacred cows that you know that you can that you can just. Uh, you know, feel free to be creative in whatever way the the music asks for at the time. Yeah, and just seeing, I mean, I've I heard many of the songs already before seeing you live, and 
it's just amazing to me. It sounds like a flick. You look up there and you're like, there's two dudes up there, you know, and it sounds so full of the full, like, like there's like a full band and practically an orchestra. So like, I mean, Juice, you, you've produced for, you know, for a long, long time and putting stuff like this together. How has it been for you working with KJ on putting together the album? Well, it's very organic. I have worked like that with quite a few people in recent years out of necessity because I was inaccessible, or they were inaccessible, or people would email me from the other side of the country or the world and say, hey, I need this done, I need that done. And a lot of times they couldn't come to my studio when I was in Long Island, then I moved upstate New York, and then it was even harder to reach me. So I started becoming comfortable with that process. And then when Kate, that's how KJ initially hit me. He said, yo, can you do some scratching on some records? And I'm like, sure. And the emailing part is the easy part. The hard part is trusting the other person to actually, you know, kind of align with your vision too. Mm -hmm. Now, when I do work for hire, I don't care. You know, I do whatever they ask me to. They want me to do this, I do it, and that's it. But when it's your own thing, it's different, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have a feeling of what you want it to be. Right. And then you hope that the other person you're working with understands that. As a producer, which is separate, like my producer somebody else's work, I'm trying to bring out what the artist is really trying to say. If it's myself, I'm trying to bring out what myself is trying to say because I'm the artist. <laughs> so um, some of the some of the, the tracks I sent to KJ, I had titles for already, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, this is what I call it. And when he sent, I mean, the very first song he sent back that we did like that was Cold Blood, and he sent it back, and it was literally exactly what I because I actually wrote something, but I didn't tell him what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him at all. Because I, I sang something in the shower, actually, and I'm like, hmm. And when I wrote it, I said, you know, this is what it's going to be. Then I'm like, you know what, let me send it to KJ, see what he does. And I gave him a title, but I didn't tell him anything other than what the title was. I didn't give him the melody, anything, and he brings back the same exact melody that I sang. And it was ridiculous. I'm like, oh, my God, that's what I was going to do anyway. Wow. Maybe not the lyrics exactly. Yeah. But it was clo- it was Actually, the chorus is exactly the same, but close enough. So I'm like, wow, this this looks like it may work. So mm-hmm. almost everything I sent him, it was like right on the nose, boom. And it's 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 interesting. It was surprisingly wonderful. And then you learn to trust that. It's like, you know, I know KJ's going to come through with something hot, you know. And then, and of course, you know, he came through with some different arrangements. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you it's have, okay. You have to delete that because we're violating copyright. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we, um, him, him bringing back what he brought back was great. Also, arrangement things like you know, if he felt something different in the arrangement, or he felt like a chorus should be here instead of that being uh, that area being extended, he would send those back too. And then I would modify what I have, and then I would add things on top of it. It was kind of like we were both in the kitchen cooking, and he started on one <laughs> side of the kitchen, I started on the other side of the kitchen. But then at the end, we're just throwing stuff in each other's bowls and we're mixing it all together, and it, and it worked great, you know, and and. I haven't had that in this way in a long time. The closest was probably the Bomb Squad, Republic Enemy. Mm-hmm. But that was more of a big fight to try to put your vision on the record. So this guy's like, put the sample in. This guy's like, no, that's dissonant. And then this guy's saying, what the hell does dissonant mean? And then this guy's saying, you know what, both of you guys get out of here and I need some french fries from across the street. So eventually that that friction is what made Public Enemy's music sound angry and 
and like mm-hmm. that friction because it was. You try to figure out whose voice is going to be loudest on this record. Yeah. It ended up being Chuck's, but <laughs> musically it was everybody. You know, kind of like ah, right. trying to get their piece onto this record. Where this it was the opposite. It was like, what don't we need, and, and let it breathe. You know, and that's cool. You know, being let it breathe. Yeah, be, yeah, be, yeah being for sure. having space is hard mm-hmm. for a lot of artists. So. Well, and connecting sometimes is hard. Like sometimes it like some of the like those best hottest relationships are where you're pulling each other's hair, right? And Absolutely. then other times it's like, what well, can it be easy? Well, I don't yeah. have you any hair. So yeah. <laughs> The relationship thing is exactly what it is, and the, yeah. and the you know that that sort of creative tension and the give and take, mm-hmm. and you know finding a creative mate, you know yeah. that John, that that Lennon and McCartney, sure. Richards and Jagger kind yep. of thing. It's um, it's they're few and far between, and mm-hmm. you know I think you know you feel you got to feel lucky when you find somebody that you can um, sort of open up to creatively and trust creatively, and yeah. and have that back and forth. Yeah, and that doesn't always happen. No, rarely, actually. And we're leaving in all the sirens and all the horns. It's New York City, baby. That is New York City, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to leave those in for some flavor. All right. (laughs) Of course. And so, and with with the album coming out sometime this year? Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's imminent now. I mean, it, it'll be out in the next uh, in the next month or so. Okay. I, I, I would think, yes. um, and uh, we're we're excited. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a while um, putting it together. You know, we had to you know we went through this process of getting to know each other and discovering each other and writing these songs and then sometimes rewriting portions of them mm. because you know the relationship had developed. And then we got, we have some uh, just absolutely amazing guest artists. We're honored to have, you know, Chuck D from Public Enemy and um, Daryl McDaniels, DMC from Run DMC, um, the guys from Leaders of the New School, Charlie Brown and Dinko and Milo and um, uh, Garrett Scheider from uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Wow. I mean, it's going to be a star studded um, record. And, uh, but it's, you know, and that's the icing on the cake, but the, the cake really has. Uh, it really has substance as well. I mean, we you know we we worked hard and we wrote what we felt was true and um, and real and natural. And I'm I'm proud of us for for doing that. We didn't go after a market. We didn't try hard to write pop songs that would be, would be acceptable. Yeah. We we wrote our personal truths and they became our collective truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I don't think. It, I wouldn't call it poppy, you know what I mean? And but no, it, yeah, it's, we don't know. We, we never know really what to call it. It's, yeah. it's got uh, you know certainly strong elements of hip hop and jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got hi- um, elements of soul. It's you know the 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 pop comes in if it comes in at all. It's in the the fact that there is a discernible verse and a chorus and a bridge. There are hooks. Oh, sure, sure. We we write hooks because but 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 we write hooks because we do that naturally. Both Juice and I have been in you know in and out of the realm of popular music, whatever that is. And yeah. hip hop is popular music. Yep. Jazz was the popular music of its age. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we Juice and I just both. Um, write hooks that's that's what we enjoy doing uh hooks and grooves so in that respect you could call it pop but not from the standpoint of pop tarts yeah Yeah. (laughs) which are yummy but uh, you don't want to eat a lot of them you know (laughs) how long have you been playing bass i uh, i've been playing the better part of 
20 years. Okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, 20, maybe even 25 years. That's yeah. a long time. It's been a long time, yeah. Yeah. I've come a long way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to school for music. I studied jazz originally. Okay. I, st- I studied with and played with some uh, amazing, uh, amazing people and yeah. was very lucky to do so and then found my way into the, the rock business and mm-hmm. uh, uh, rock and pop and R&B. Yeah, and, and you're then, South African. Well, I was born in, yeah, yeah you're born, <laughs> I was born, born in Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, from there, we emigrated to uh, Toronto, That's Canada, right. yeah. and then to Philadelphia, which is where mm-hmm. I did much of my growing up and Philly. then went to school in okay. Philly, yeah. yep. University of the Arts, mm-hmm. and then I moved to, um, to New York. Yeah, yeah, interesting. When did you first put your, put the fingers on the record? Put my fingers on the record, man. It had to be like 79 or 80. I had a cousin named Benji, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't seen Benji. It's, actually, he's my mother's cousin. I haven't oh, seen wow. him in a long time. Last time I saw him uh, was, unfortunately, at my grandmother's funeral about a mm-hmm. year ago. But mm-hmm. before that, I haven't seen him in a long time. And the first thing he said was, you got to tell my son the story. And I'm like, what's that? And he goes, tell him who influenced you. And I'm like, you. And he goes, I told you. It's like nobody <laughs> believes him. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, yeah. So we, my mom's favorite uncle, um, dear Louis, uh, his his youngest son was Benji. And we would go over there because my mom loved dear Louis. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of them were a lot older than my mom's mm-hmm. cousins. So Where was that? That's in the Bronx. In I'm the Bronx. The Bronx. Yep. So mm-hmm. I was uh, not very, uh, I was not very satisfied sitting in the living room with old people, you know. <laughs> So I'm a little kid, I'm like, come on, man. It's like, you know, what, what am I doing here? Eating like them little weird Stella Doros or, you know, whatever they had. You know, so I'm like, yeah. Really like I, those things. So I hear music coming from Benji's room, so I went up there. I'm like, you know what? So he's the youngest. And I found out recently, he's only a couple of years older than me. I'm thinking he's like 10 years older than me. Oh, wow. He's only a few years older than me. So I went up there, and um, he had equipment. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I went up there, it was like a Starship Enterprise. All yeah. this equipment and lights and stuff. And I'm like... What? I need to be in this room, kid. You know what I'm saying? And, and toys, yeah. toys to play with. And he wasn't really like a like a like a scratch DJ or anything like that. He just kind of mixed and stuff. But you know, one day he's like, "Hey, you want to try it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So you know, I went on there and did a little something. That was it. And I'm like, "Yo, I gotta buy that." My mom was like, "You ain't buying nothing." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> ain't buying nothing. So I would hang out, and I was a break dancer. I was a b boy at the time, a mm-hmm. rocker. So. I would always be around the DJs, but I was too young. They wouldn't let me get on the turntables. Oh, okay. Until I eventually I found a dude named DJ Will who had equipment and rappers, and he would like me around to beat me, boy. But they would go smoke their weed because that was their thing. <laughs> and that was the time. That was my opportune time to jump on the turntables. <laughs> so I hoped that they would smoke as much as possible. And he'd have a whole posse. So I'm like, they're going to be a minute, you know what I'm saying, because they got to pass, you know. So while they're doing that, I just got busy. I would have gone into smoking the weed. Whatever. Well, the turntables are more important than the weed. Than me, so. All right, you got to have your priorities. I, right. I respect that. And I got good real fast. Yeah. And eventually, you know, he told me about another dude named Hig, who was a bomb DJ that did clubs. And Will was dope with cuts, and he did mixtapes. He was the first person I heard cut his name. He took it. He took uh, play that beat by Globe and Wiz Kid, where it said the DJ will play this for you. And he took it and said DJ will because that was his name. Nice. DJ will. And I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was bu- I was bugging. I'm like, I gotta find a record with my name in it. <laughs> so, so you know. And then I hung out with Hig, and then Hig's younger brothers was a KBMC, and he said you guys should get together and be like a little rap group. 
and his younger brother grew up to be Charlie Brown from the Lisa New School, and ah, and that's how okay. I had my little crew. There it is, okay. Charlie Brown, who who we played with the other yeah. night the, yeah. at the show you came to with yep. leaders in the New School, Dinko and Milo. So mm. it all does come right. full circle. And Buster was a member of my B boy crew, so Buster, well, yeah, Buster was a member of my B boy crew. Oh my goodness! So okay. I found him. He found me actually at a roller skating rink, asking me to to be down with my crew, and he, him and his little brother um, Paul, and they were. They were super energetic, and he was popping. He wouldn't stop. Yo, you got to put me down. You got to put me down. I'm like, calm down, my man. You know, it's a, No, no, you got to... Yo, come on, right now. And I'm like... Can, can we just wow. spend a moment thinking about Buster Rhymes on roller skates? That was... Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's that was, a good picture that I'm going to have in my head for a little while but, now. But that was... Back in those days, that was the spot. We go to Levittown Roller Rink, and we'd skate around, and then the last hour, they would let us take the skates off and just dance right. so that was what we were oh, all really okay. waiting for so when that was done took the skates off and then we battled we battled all the break dancers and cool. and um and everybody came you know to see that and i was at the time when I, I just moved to long island from the bronx i bought a lot of stuff that they didn't see in long island yet so people were either looking for me to battle me or to be part of my crew right and buster was trying to be part of my crew i named him kid craze because he was nuts <laughs> and um and he was down with the crew, and you know, and and you know, we won a lot of battles. We did our thing, <clears throat> and eventually, you know, and I met Brown, who was going to school with me, so I knew him, but I didn't know him, you know. And I'm like, hey, I know that guy, you know. When Hague introduced me to him, I'm like, who the hell's that in your house? Man, I know that kid. He goes to school with me. I hate him because that's my brother. I'm like, what? <laughs> so then eventually, he's like, he rhymes. You should get together. So we we formed a little crew, and eventually, Buster became part of the crew. Mm-hmm. And we were called the Bum Rush Crew. Right. Me, Charlie Brown, and Buster Rhymes, but their names were KBMC, that was Charlie Brown's name, Crush, his name was Brian, and everything was Crush, Crush Groove, you know, Cold Crush, so he was Crush BMC, uh, Crush Brian MC, and then Trevor's, um, Buster Rhymes' name was MC Chilowski, <laughs> terrible name, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's like my Polish grandmother, right? Yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're a Polish rapper? <laughs> yes. I don't see Chilo Ski. <laughs> would you like some pierogies? <laughs> so, yes, um, I would. I would too. Uh, so, you know, eventually he ch- uh, Chuck D changed their names, gave them Buster Rhymes and, and uh, Charlie Brown. Okay. But that's that's how I started out as a, as a B-boy transitioning to a DJ and, you know, meeting these guys in Long Island. So I really kind of became a DJ more in Long Island than I did in the Bronx. Mm. When in the Bronx, I was this B-boy dude. Got it. Two personas. Different boroughs. Yeah. <laughs> That's how New York does it. I know, depending. So where did Juice come from? I was named that when I was born. I was born um, I was born very, very early. I was premature, and, I, and back in those days, they didn't have the technology they did, so they didn't know if I was going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I was the oldest of my generation, so when I was born, everybody was in the hospital. But back in those days, only the father and the mother were allowed to see the baby. Right. So everybody lied and said they were my pops, you know, or my mom. My mom's a tomboy, so all her friends were like, I'm a father, I'm a father. They all wanted to see the baby, right? So, um, I know, right? So so my, one of my mom's good friends, Gabe, uh, and his younger brother, Roland, was best friends with my father. Gabe came and saw me, and, you know, my mom's was, like, you know, worried. And she's like, I oh, don't worry about it, man. He'll make it, man. He got the juice. You mm. know what I'm saying? So... And he goes, what are you going to call him? I'm going to call him Johnny at this father. Yeah, little Johnny Juice. And that was it. And I didn't really use it in a hip-hop sense mm-hmm. until I got a little older. But maybe, you know, 
maybe get into double digits in age. I said, yo, I'm going I'm to use the name Johnny Juice. And Gabe's still rolling around. He still calls me Juice, and he wants a cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I did that. <laughs> And, well, and everybody calls you KJ. My mom started calling me KJ, actually. I, yeah. my, my, my parents were divorced and remarried, and my mom changed her name, and so we had different last names. And oh. I, I think that, um, uh, you know, it just sort of, it, it came out of it came out of that, um, you know, us having different names. And I, I, I being, my, she, she actually just started me, she calls me K or KJ, um, and I didn't, I didn't use it for the longest time. I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be Kevin, and... Um, you know, for for your listeners, KJ stands for Kevin Jacoby, which is actually my name. Yeah. Um, and um, and then I don't know. Uh, um, my friend group started calling me that. Uh, you know, a few years ago, and mm. it just started. Uh, you know, I just started calling myself that after a while. It just stuck. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot easier to spell. And... Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of namings and mm-hmm. words and all that sort of thing, um, the Odyssey. Yeah. Um, so the Odyssey, um, which is the name of the band, <laughs> yeah. just so we're clear. <laughs> um, so uh, strangely enough, I, I made a list of names that I um, that I wanted to uh, I, when I was thinking of names for the band. I mm-hmm. wanted to call it a, a bunch of different things. Originally, it was called DX7. Mm-hmm. It was named after a famous keyboard that Yamaha made, okay. and um, somebody convinced me, perhaps rightly so, that um, we were never going to win the search engine wars with DX7 <laughs> because uh, you know you, you the first. 9,000 pages of the search are, and um, I, you know maybe that should matter to me and maybe it didn't but I figured well okay you know it, it's as good a reason as any to change it so I made a list of names and the Odyssey came from I had just watched Spinal Tap mm. and at the end of somewhere towards the end of the movie um, the lead character I think is David St. Hubbins he said something along the lines of we're not going to do a freeform jazz odyssey in front of a festival crowd, which in context was hysterical to me. And um, that sort of was the grain that gave birth to the idea of, of the word odyssey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then spelling it the way we did. um, I think I just like the, you know, it's spelled O D D Y S Y. And that's where you can find us online, the odyssey, O D D Y S Y dot com, And on social media, the odyssey, um, and I, I like, you know, it, we, Juice and I, we are the quintessential odd couple. You know, we yeah. are Felix and what's the other one? Oscar. Oscar, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Felix Unger and Oscar Madison. I knew That's you'd know great. the last name. <laughs> That's Juice I'm, is like a font of esoteric cause, knowledge. Because I'm Felix. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm freaking, uh, I'm all like, you know, you know. Detail oriented and Kevin doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, sometimes I just don't give a shit. It just depends on what the shit is. It's possible that we trade back and forth. Actually, right. I have my anal moments. Yes, too. he does too. So yeah. he's very very particular about certain things. But I think everybody is. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's this is this it's a total journey. It's for you know it's an odd couple musically. It's a, it's a journey musically. It's an odd um, collection of of backgrounds and, and and voices and musical things. And it's and it's um, I, I always pictured it um, having. Um, other voices besides ours as well and mm-hmm. and the reason that we have so many guest artists on it uh, on, on the record was because <coughs> Juice and I discussed early on having you know the, this this odyssey this journey of, of musicality involving other other feelings other other artists other points of view um, and so we you know it was a plan it's it's not just 
it's sort of done these days. Like everything is featuring somebody because it's it's good for you know from a marketing perspective. Yeah. For us, it was more of a creativity ex- uh, perspective, and I remember talking about it, and Juice brought up the fact. Um, and I wholeheartedly agree with this, that we needed to put people on who had similar voices. We need to put people on whose art we respect um, and whose voice we, we like and, and would listen to anyway. And that's, that's how this group of people sort of assembled. Yeah. Well, that's like any journey and the odyssey, you know, the story from way back, you know, it's like you have your main characters and then it's weaved in and out of people come in and come out and all it of is. that stuff right? which is the story of, of New York it's the story totally. of creativity it's the story of main juice it's the story of music in general um, it has far reaching implications yeah. so don't tell anybody that it started from Spinal Tap I didn't know that either <laughs> until right now so. fair enough um, so, nah. so you so KJ you sought out Juice just, so tell me the exact kind of like how it happened like the like the Connection. We had sushi. No, <laughs> it took a long walk in the park. You know? we, did. we held hands. Um, I, I uh, before when it was when it uh, the genesis of the project was me doing an EP. Um, I was working with um, a famous audio engineer named Scott Hull from Masterdisc. Incredible Hull. The Incredible Hull, okay. who's worked with everybody, Sting and, and Jay-Z and Metallica and Dave Matthews, everybody. So um, he was a friend way back when I uh, was uh, with a band called Cecilia on Atlantic Records a million years ago. We kept in touch over the years and eventually decided we wanted to do a project together. Right. Long story short, it was going to be a five-song EP, and I wanted... Um, I wanted the. I, I heard. I wrote a song which uh, called Incantation, yeah. and I heard scratching on it. And um, I, oh, I had known Juice previously from a, a whole other lifetime and a whole other group of people that we that we were with. And uh, um, you know, called him and asked him to scratch on the record, and he very graciously um, agreed. Um, but when he sent over the stuff, um, I didn't realize. Uh, you know, not having come from the hip hop background myself, I didn't realize the scope of what was possible with turntables. Mm-hmm. Juice is a, a turntablist in the most creative, artistic sense of the word. Yeah. And um, I expected scratching, you know, just scratching like like what you think scratching on a record would be. And wicka, I, wicka, wicka, wicka. Exactly. Yeah. And I got that, <laughs> but I also got I also got tracks full of um, what sounded to me like. Um, like a chorus of voices, like synth with a bunch of reverb on it. And, and he did something so unbelievably musical. And, and, you know, Incantation is on Spotify right now. You can listen to it and you can hear what he did. So he has a scratch solo in the middle, which is what I originally asked for. And then I said, you know, if you're hearing something on the verse chorus, let me know. And uh, don't let me know. Just lay it down and send it over. I don't care. I trust you creatively. Um, even all the way back then, I, I still did. And he sends back this this symphony of sound and I'm like I'm like holy shit this is I I, my mind is blown I had no idea that this was possible and um, that's what originally gave uh, you know gave birth to the idea of of us putting this thing together I thought you know if that's if if he can do just that on the on the hook of a, a song that I sent him what could we do together on a whole record what could we do together live and that's uh, that's how this happened. That's the spark, yeah. And for you, getting that song, and because lots of people you work with and you produce and you, you know, was there something about this specifically when you were working on it? Was it like, 
oh, okay, this is interesting. And or like for you, what what's what was sort of the moment where you're like, oh yeah. Well, he sent me a bunch of songs. Okay. He said, you know, what do you think? And I told him, ah, maybe two can use scratching. I said, you know, as a producer, I would say maybe two could possibly use it. The rest, I think, sound fine. You don't need them. And that's my producer side. My DJ side is like, whatever. How much? How much you pay me? You know. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, I'll scratch anything you want. I don't care what it. But but I've become more discerning because it's not about the money to me. If it doesn't fit, I will let somebody know. I'm like, that's not. I wouldn't do that. If you still want it, fine. But you know. I always go into this producer mode for some reason, even mm-hmm. when I'm not supposed to, which is good sometimes and sucks you know, other times. So I told them, you know what, I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll work on a couple of them, but I mean, I think these, I think it was two of them. They can't taste another one. I said, mm-hmm. those I think could use some scratch and the rest I think are fine. You shouldn't touch them. He said, fine, whatever. So like he said, just do whatever you want. And, and, and I did. And um, then he, he hit me back asking me about performance. Right. Very specifically right. about That's performance. Right. So he goes, I want to go on the road. I want to do this kind of stuff. But um, And then he was like, it was very specific. I want to do this, but I don't want a whole band. And I want a guy that can you know, kind of play the tracks. But not just DJ them, but kind of like like really, you know, manipulate the songs live. And then at the same time, I need a guy that can do scratching. And then I need some guy that could possibly do synth work or something. And <laughs> So I'm like... Are you asking for a guy or are you asking for me? Because there's like, <laughs> like three people in the United States that can do that right now, like, effectively. And, you know, and he's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, that sounds cool. And then he goes, um, you wouldn't happen to have any beats laying around, would you? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> so I sent, them, I sent them the joints, and then that's that kind of did it. I mean, I was always digging his voice. It has this... It has this little edge of grit, but at the same time, it's very smooth and kind of mm-hmm. like it's it's like ethereal, kind of floats. Mm-hmm. But it's not, but it's not like floaty in like a real corny way. It, it's kind of rooted in this dirt that you got you can hear underneath it, mm-hmm. and it, it, and it's good. Even when his voice cracks, it cracks the right way. So I'm like, I can dig this, you know, you know, it's like a ghetto sting, mm-hmm. kind of. But ghetto sting, I like it. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. I the sting of like that. Definitely. I mean, he was yeah. a big influence, obviously, yeah. and you know, he's a you know tall, skinny bass player that sings. Right. So, you know. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So you know, I, I dug it. You know, and when I sent them, like I said, I sent them a couple of tracks. The first track I sent them, and when he came, when he came back, and what he came back with, I'm like, yo, this is it, man. So I sent them more. I'm like, yeah, just keep writing, just keep writing, and he sent me more stuff back. And before you know it, there's an album done. So you know, it's funny we were talking about relationships before, and, and you know, Juice recounting this is is sort of reminding me of a bunch of stuff. I, I you know, it jogged my memory about how this whole thing came about, and um, I, you know, we were talking about how uh, the the creative creative relationship is like any any relationship. You know, you have to sort of trust, and you have to have a little bit of a shared history and things in common, but enough differences. So. Um, so that it's edgy and interesting and the the process that Juice was just talking about is really like you know meeting to a first date to a first kiss you know to yeah. a um, you know whatever and and you know the the marriage is this you know we started a band and did a and, and had a baby this record yeah. is the baby you right. know and it's it's really incredible how art imitates life like that yeah absolutely. but we also love food see that's oh, right. that, oh that's right we're that, both that was, foodies that, that was that was a huge <laughs> factor here. Let's not let's not discount the food factor. And those were our dates. We those went out for sushi. We, we went out for sushi with Indian. an Indian. I mean, 
Yeah, and then Juice taught me the most important culinary <laughs> phrase on the planet. If you ain't sweating, you ain't eating. Right. So <laughs> And I live by that. Right. I remember we had the Vindaloo at, a, at Vindaloo. At and Curry I'm Lane, like, I'm drenched. Curry House. Yeah. And Sweat. Like, Gotta try this Vindaloo juice. I'm like, no doubt. So and that's and that's a good metaphor for the music also, you know, it's about the ingredients. Even though we both mm-hmm. have a nice we both have a very similar base spice rack. Mm-hmm. We both have spices that the other ones don't have. We both are rooted in groove and, and jazz. I'm a big jazz head, a big jazz person. KJ is obviously well-versed and trained in jazz. But my hip-hop is rooted in the jazz mindset. Um, and then, of course, hip-hop itself is rooted in funk and soul. So, and breakbeat type things. So, you know, I traditionally, I'm a percussionist and a drummer. So my stuff is beat oriented, but you know you got to make it interesting, you know, and it kind of fills in the holes that KJ has, and then KJ stuff fills in the holes that I have. Mm-hmm. So it just works, you know. And, and sometimes, sometimes you don't feel like asking why. You just let mm-hmm. it work, you know. Yep. Why well, try to figure it out? It's why working. ask why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and and for the listeners, so you know, album's coming out soon, and. There's already tracks up on Spotify. Yeah, there's two singles we released on Spotify, Incantation yep. and Alone, and they both have videos on yes. YouTube. Yeah. So you can just, you know, uh, funny enough, and talking about SEO, um, Google and YouTube try to correct you and, and spell the Odyssey correctly. Oh, wow. So you have to, for, you have to say, um, it assumes that you meant the Odyssey like odyssey odyssey uh-huh. like the actual word um so you have to click on the thing that says no i'm actually wanted to search for o-d-d-y-s-y <laughs> but anyway if you go on google yeah. and youtube you can find um you can find the two videos and we're proud of those and we're getting ready as soon as the record's done and our director is free um Otto Asando, we, we have um uh, trust in me um, yeah we're gonna do Trust in me with uh, with DMC. We're going to do a, um, a trilogy of, of new videos. Mm-hmm. I think them. we're going to do a video for every song on the album. That's the plan. I love it. So, yep. Yeah, Which is up something. to what? 13, 15 songs? 15 songs. 15 wow. songs we're going to do. Yeah. And I love that first video shot in the, the subway. It's so. Well, yeah. actually, well, that's it was the second the one, video. The second video. Yeah. The one is that the. Is, was that here? Uh, that was at Master Disc. Actually, oh, Scott okay. Hall. That was the song that started oh, it all, yeah. Incantation. Right. Um, and Scott Hall produced um, that, that song. Song and we did it at Master Disc Studios okay. um, with Scott, and that was the first time. That was really the first time we ever played together. Wow! Yeah, Superman yeah. sweater. Superman sweater. Yeah, Superman. Batman. We, I did Batman. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned at all. No way. Nope. 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 <laughs> I showed up with a Superman sweater. He had the Batman stuff on him. Like, holy crap! Okay. No. Superhero Mid-day. Odyssey. Yeah. Well, and the other one shot in the subway, and, and it's New York is like <laughs> sort of a part of both of you too. Very. I much. loved seeing that in the in the videos. That was well. Otto's idea. Um, yeah. We shot it. Uh, we shot it in the the uh, the Clinton Washington stop at the G train, which is right near Otto's house. Mm-hmm. And um, the you know the catalyst for that was this sort of endless um, this endless vista that you get when you stand at one end of the station and it it goes back to the to the horizon line. It's so it covers two blocks. This thing it's really incredible to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, you know the the song the song covers the idea that uh, we you know we're all together but we're all alone which is um, which is what I what, what I so love about New York City yeah. you know I'm 
I'm a loner, but I, I feel more comfortable because I'm in and around 9 million people who also are loners. Yeah. You know, I love that about this place. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, so Otto's idea was to get a bunch of his incredibly talented actor friends together and tell a visual story, um, mostly with, with, um, with portraits, mm-hmm. but in video form. And yeah. it just, it came out so, so beautifully. It's just, um, you know, I, I mean, I give him all the credit, and it, it was just, uh, you know, a visual masterpiece yeah, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. So Thank beautiful. You. Yeah, and so um, in the show notes, folks, I'll make sure and put in how to uh, follow uh, both of these lovely fellows. You're the Royal KJ. The Royal KJ, yeah. Yes, and DJ Johnny Juice on Instagram yep. and, and Twitterati's and all of that kind of stuff and the website. And, yeah, it's and those of you who are my marketing people, you know, like – this is some really beautiful music. Give it a listen, because I think, I think it would be beautiful in some sort of fun commercial or movie. Um, you know, like it's it's so good. Damn. Yeah, we would love we would love that. I, I would I would consider it an honor to be part of you know what is it's such a part of modern media now mm-hmm. having um, you know mixing music with with the visual arts and yeah. uh, you know and and you know advertising is you know and marketing has become an art form in and yeah. of itself because. You know, finding new ways into people's consciousness, and you know, I would love to have our music as part of, part of a, you know, part of something that's that's you know done well, directed well. Yeah. You know. yeah. Almost all the music I, I composed was specifically aimed towards that. Yeah. To be honest with you, I've, yeah. d- I've done a lot of film scoring lately, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had my music in a lot of commercials and and, and trailers, and and I kind of write that way now. Yeah. You know, I. It's kind of like it has this grandiose feeling, even the simple mm. stuff, and it, it, it mates well with visual imagery. Uh, and I don't think I do it purposely in that in the sense where I'm like, this needs to be in a commercial, but I do it naturally because we're visual creatures. We see things, and everything I see looks like music. I'm like Neo in the Matrix when he finally becomes aware, and then everything becomes these numbers that he can see all of a sudden. Yeah. I see the world like that. I see the world, and I see it in music. I, I, I see the vibrations coming at me. That's why New York is is impossible to replicate anywhere else. It's, it's, there's nothing like it, because New York is a city where you, when you walk out, it speaks to you in, in different mm-hmm. ways. Not just, oh, that's nice. Statue of Liberty that's nice it's not even that it's even the mundane things like a little grate that a that a cab drives over and creates this rhythm of it all does something to me at least and me too when I do that musically I see that in movies I see it I see it in a scene I you know remain I see as as a as a very somber part of something, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of visual imagery where you know somebody's leaving or somebody's coming or somebody's trying to figure out if they want to stay or not. You know, I see those things, and and I think it mates very well. You know, so hopefully somebody picks something up, puts it somewhere. Not necessarily because I want to get rich, because you know who wants that. I, but... I want that. I just like to put that out there. I would like that. <laughs> but you know, I, I I wanted I want a lot of people to hear this. Yeah, yeah you know, me too. This 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 uh, year long or even a little longer collaboration is the longest I've ever taken to do an album ever. Um, and what you hear at the end is love and truth and real stories. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's increasingly rare in this day and age of 
you know, sort of plastic tailor-made art. And there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of wonderful stuff out there too, but there's a lot of there's a lot of just sort of manufacturing. manufacturing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I'd like people to know that we didn't manufacture manufacture this on on purpose. We we had we we said something that we needed to say. Yeah, well, it's deep and positive, and there's a, a lot of music out there right now that's. A whiny. Yeah. You know? It's like the yeah, whiny dudes. You know, I'm just like, little yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we, we, we slid our wrists open and this is what came out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and I, like, I'm talking about figuratively, obviously. Right? <laughs> yeah. But um, but that's what it feels like. You know, mm-hmm. when I hear the stuff, it actually makes me feel a lot of things that I have necessarily haven't felt in, in other projects. I've done albums in a whole weekend. And I'm talking about good albums in a weekend, not like some... You know, some some disposable crap, and this right here was like the toughest thing to put together because, you know, it was literally a piece of me, you know, and 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 I feel the same thing with KJ. So you know, we hope that people identify with them. Yeah, identify and connect, find themselves in these stories because they're about everybody. They're about us, but they're also about everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's why. I have enjoyed them so much. Storytelling, you. you know, it's so great. Storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, well. All right. I think New York City beckons. And, it, you know, we. it's like, I love that. You can sit here and just listen to our little symphony happening around mm-hmm. us anywhere here in this city. I know, there's just nothing like it. Nothing like it in you the know? whole world as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, so... Except you can't buy weed here in the app. I know! <laughs> what the fuck? Can, can NYC get on that already, please? Because I'm heading back to California. <laughs> and on that note... You guys know how to live. <laughs> yeah. We do okay up there, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, so yeah, we're um, coming to you uh, from the East Village here in Manhattan in New York City. And um, fellas, always a pleasure. And it was such a pleasure to see you live. Um, And folks, again, we'll put everything up on how to find the Odyssey and uh, the new albums coming soon. And there's beautiful videos up and amazing storytelling in their songs. So Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Heather. It was a pleasure no as always. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the dichotomy. Yeah, 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 yeah. completely. So, uh, so yeah, everybody. You know, as per usual, you can find uh, the Mavens Do It Better podcast up on iTunes. It's also up on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on all of the normal folk places and uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and all that. And the Mavens Do It Better dot com website. So. Uh, Another beautiful day on this big blue spinning sphere. Yes, sir. Thanks. Yes, Yes, all. All right. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.